friends. Let's have a soul talk. Today we're talking about the importance of our emotions in all of our relationships, including with God. When Jesus says, come to me, he's inviting us to bring our emotions to him. That's where apprenticeship to Jesus starts, because we live in our emotions, whether we feel them consciously or not. We're thankful to all of you who donate to the ministry of Soul Shepherding. You enable us to help pastors and missionaries who lack resources and to provide this podcast for free to thousands of people each week. So Charlie's been on Christie's lap again, and he just was drinking in her water. And I got frustrated (laughs) because then you kiss me and I'm getting a kiss from Charlie. No, I didn't drink out it after he did, honey. (laughs) But I went and I got a new glass with a lid on it. Yeah, I know. I feel like I'm being mean. I love Charlie, but I don't want him drinking in your water. (laughs) Well, I understand. I don't want him drinking in my water either. But he's he's been uh, challenging this morning. He's really been acting up. He hasn't been himself. And I think now he knows we're talking about him. So he's leaving. (laughs) He always listens to our podcast. (laughs) Well, he's having a hard time because our daughter, who who lives at home with us, she she works full time. But she's been gone for over a week because she went on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic that she led a group of high schoolers from her church. And so now she's be- she, she came home late last night and he was all happy to see her. And then now she's off to work. And he's like, really, I think, acting out a little bit here. He misses it, Brianna. <laughs> yeah, he does. Well, today we are talking about befriending our anger. We're in a series on emotions and we want to give a shout out to Sabrina. I appreciate having you in our soul shepherding community. And she read our article, Jesus' Way of Dealing with Anger, which uh, most of you, I think, know on our soul shepherding website. We have almost a thousand free resources. And this one looks at uh, Jesus and how he dealt with anger in his life. And Sabrina says, this article is a reminder to me that my actions impact my children. My prayer is that God allows me not to project my anger into them. Mm. Heavenly Father, thank you for placing this article in the right place at the right time to help me face myself head on and receive your grace and wisdom through Jesus. That's great. It's always surprising. It was surprising to me how much I got in touch with anger I didn't know that I had when I became a mom. Yeah. <laughs> I never expected that my my kids who I love so much could touch off such a high level of anger in me. Yeah, we were just with a, a church um, where I was preaching this weekend and was full of young families, yeah. uh, parents with little kids. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of stresses that time of life. It's also yeah. a very precious and wonderful season. Uh, we, we all love our kids. And if you have uh, adult kids, you, you might be dealing with some anger uh, in that yeah. context, too. Yeah, That's part of our relationships, the people that we love, that there's going to be disappointments and hurt feelings and conflicts. And from time to time, we're going to feel angry. Certainly part of ministry is we care for people and lead people and seek to do God's work in the church or in nonprofit world, or if you're a tent maker working in, in business or in the home, but then you, you serve the Lord as a volunteer uh, when we're expending our, our, our energy and our time and giving our gifts to serve God and people, sometimes things come up that are disappointing and frustrating, and we find that we're feeling angry or resentful. Yeah. So uh, let's look at what Paul has to say about anger. In Ephesians 4, he says, Put away all falsehood and tell your neighbor the truth, or speak the truth in love. 
Paul says uh, earlier in Ephesians, because we belong to each other and don't sin by letting anger gain control of you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. And then he goes on and says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. This is quite a statement here. Really, it gets my attention. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Uh, The old wording is don't grieve the Holy Spirit, uh, meaning like with our our anger, um, harmful, destructive behavior. Paul says, remember, uh, the Holy Spirit is the one Uh, God is the one who has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of malicious behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And then here's maybe the most important verse in the whole section. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. In other words, our ability to be Kind and compassionate, tender-hearted and forgiving is to be living in the overflow, the overflow of God's love and mercy to us so that we are sharing. We're, uh, we're filled up with God's goodness. That's what helps us to not live in anger. It's when we're not um, filled up and satisfied in the Lord and in our life that God has given us and in our relationships and our work uh, when we're not taking care of ourselves, we're not setting boundaries, that's where we tend to get angry. So befriending our anger, maybe t- to you it doesn't sound like Paul is saying befriend our anger. It sounds like he's a lot of, you know, get rid of anger, resentment, and so forth. Well, that's sure what I thought most, you know, the first half of my life or so. And I actually would repress my anger when I would feel angry. And the problem with that was I thought I was obeying Paul's teaching here and even Jesus' teaching, but the reality was I was just denying my anger, repressing it, and sometimes I was turning it inward on myself, and, I, and then I would get depressed. I would, I would either get, when I denied my anger, repressed my anger, I would either end up turning it on myself and getting really depressed and going into shame, or... I would end up trying to repress it, repress it, repress it, and then it would all of a sudden kind of explode and take control of me, <laughs> and I would attack the person who I felt hurt by or who at the time was crossing my will. Yeah, it's the beach ball effect. Mm-hmm. When, we, when we push down that ball of emotions that we don't want to feel, it, it's going to come out sooner or later somehow. Yeah, and so this idea of befriending your anger was really at first kind of a, huh? Why would I want to do that? Like my view of anger was anger is like dangerous. It's bad. It's sinful. It's something I want to avoid at all costs. I don't ever want to see myself as being angry. I don't want to, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to own that I'm angry, let alone you're telling me to befriend my anger. Like that was, that didn't make sense to me. But now having understood what that means and having learned to do that, it's been so helpful to me because I've learned that when I'm angry, it it is like that 
signal light on the dash saying something here needs attention. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to this. Don't ignore it. It's going to cause you problems if you ignore it. And so being able to kind of go away and journal and get in touch with what am I feeling? Why am I angry? What's happening here? And taking it to the Lord in prayer and praying about it and, and then also taking it to a safe friend or counselor that I could trust to be able to kind of process it and even confess it. And when I say confess, I don't mean like confess the sin of anger. I mean, like confess that I'm feeling it, like mm-hmm. own it. Like this is what happened and this is how I'm responding. And this is where my will was crossed and my response is anger and understanding is, am I angry because I'm afraid? Yeah, you're or... talking about what the psalmist models for us in the laments, particularly the uh, called the imprecatory or cursing psalms. There's a number of angry psalms and the psalmist is very uh, forthright and confident in expressing his anger uh, to the Lord and to the people in his community who are in that safe uh, place of friendship and prayer with him. And you don't sense that the psalmist has any guilt or inhibition in being honest. This is like venting or uh, processing. Uh, it's, it's taking ownership of the emotion and the experience and seeking empathy from the Lord and his people. And so God's giving us an example there that in, in life we're going to we're going to be sinned against, we're, we're going to sin, we're going to experience stress, disappointment, hurt, uh, conflict in relationships, all, all sorts of things that we're going to have angry feelings, and that's, that's natural. Even in our relationship with God, we at times will have angry feelings because God disappoints us. I mean, not in reality, God is perfect love, but sometimes we feel disappointed because he doesn't do what we want, or we don't understand what he's doing, or our prayer's not being answered, or this kind of thing. And so... We have many examples in the Bible, Job being the most famous one, uh, but Jeremiah and others where we just, the Lord just uh, receives the, the frustration, uh, the ang- anger of his son or daughter, uh, and, and God likes us, respects us for being honest with him. Yeah. I mean, we know that he knows how we feel anyway, but... It's still, I think you're right. It's that being able to to bring it to the Lord. He still cares about that and, and respects and wants us to do that. It's like it's like with our kids. I can know they're upset, but when they come to me and talk to me about what they're feeling, I, I it increases my respect for them, I, and it increases the opportunity for me to be a conduit of God's grace to them. Yeah, we're building relationship, yeah. and that's what God wants. He wants yeah. relationship with us, yeah. in interactive, ongoing, vulnerable, intimate, authentic relationship. Yeah, and He wants to befriend our emotions, and He wants to help us do that. So it's like when you're having emotions and you share them with me, I want to befriend those emotions. And I think when I'm sharing with you and I feel you wanting to befriend my emotions, it helps me to befriend them. Yeah, so befriending our emotions is is language for empathy, and that's what we're talking about in this series of podcasts. Uh, let's just come back to that a bit. So, Christy, what? Um, how would you define empathy? What is that? Uh, let's help our listeners understand that better. Yeah, it's it's coming alongside of somebody and experiencing what it's like to be them in the circumstance that they're in and feel what they feel, and then putting words to it that you express to them that that kind of help them almost as if they're looking in an emotional mirror 
helping them identify what it is that they're feeling and putting words to it so they, they can resonate with that and kind of say, oh, yeah, this person really understands, and I'm not alone with this feeling. Yeah, so empathy certainly um, begins with and is sustained by listening, just you know, opening your ears and, and sort of not talking but hearing what somebody has to say. But you're, you're saying we need to use our words in empathy, so that's like we ask questions, we say things like, tell me more about that. Um, we, uh, we be that mirror by reflecting back to the person what we hear them saying, or especially what they seem to be feeling to, to help them get the, the language of, of feelings. And so when we, when we use these words, we're facilitating uh, a bonding and a, a caring, and we're, we're validating the, the experience that somebody is having. What you said right there is really an important part of empathy, the validation of experience and also the, the giving weight to, like mm-hmm. it matters. Your yeah. experience matters. And there is substance to, to this experience. It's not like you're not just being, this isn't just like some senseless emotion, some feather emotion you just need to let go. But that's how we often feel about it. We it Like just, get over it is kind of how we often feel yeah, about it. Like yeah. I should get over this or you should get over this. Yeah, we discount yeah. or minimize our emotions. It seems like it's almost universal. Even, even amongst people that exaggerate their emotions or are controlled by their emotions, one of the reasons why we might do that is, we, is because we've been uh, diminishing and negating those feelings. Mm-hmm. And so when someone listens to us, it really... Um, gives us a sense of our humanity and an okayness about our experience. Uh, it normalizes it, and it, it helps me be, be in relationship and, and become myself. Mm-hmm. Very much. It helps me to receive God's love and grace through that person, too, and to accept my experience and to not be controlled by it, but to learn from it, to make good use of it. And this is a major reason why we get angry is because we've been diminishing our emotions and our needs. Not only our emotions of anger, that if we uh, minimize that, it becomes uh, resentment, but also our, our needs for uh, all kinds of things that we need personally, uh, time and attention and care and rest and play and uh, uh, compassion and, and different things. And when we're not taking care of ourselves, We're not asking for what we need, but we just keep working. We just keep serving. We just keep being responsible, doing the dutiful thing. Anger begins to build up. It does. It's why that we have that phrase. It's the straw that broke the camel's back. It's like we're, you know, just trying to contain all this. And then all of a sudden there's a trigger event that's just too much. This last week I needed to befriend my resentment I had a bit, very busy week. We had a staff and elder retreat day that we led on the Enneagram at uh, a beach house, which was a, it was a lot of fun, but it was also an output of energy. Led a memorial service, and um, and those things just you know come up last minute. We were caring for a burned out missionary, uh, pastor on sabbatical, uh, preaching in a church uh, locally here, and just a lot of other stuff. It was a full week. It was a great week. Uh, we're working on a book proposal in the middle of all that. And uh, started to feel the stress and the uh, depletion. 
you have that experience in ministry that I, I think that you, all of you listening can relate to, whether you're a pastor or you lead a small group or you're a teacher or you uh, care for kids at home or grandkids. Jesus says he felt power go out from him in a ministry situation, healing uh, the, the woman that, that touched him who had the, the blood disorder. Uh, so, you know, when we're working and we're being responsible, we're helping people, which are good things, um, but it's, we're, we're prone to overdo that. And so then we'll start feeling like, well, you know, what about me? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And uh, then sort of the straw that broke the camel's back uh, for me was uh, someone uh, who did something that I felt disrespected by and really diminished by. And it's like, oh my gosh, after all I've done for you. Um, and I found myself feeling the resentment. And so then I began to reflect and I processed with you and and prayed through this with the Lord and uh, realized that, well, just put all together what I've just said to you. Like, well, yeah, there's been a lot of output here <laughs> the last week or so, and uh, I need to I need to recalibrate here. Uh, and uh, so the, the uh, verbalizing of my experience and receiving of empathy helped me get in touch with, well, I have some needs here. I, I, I need to rest and I need to have fun and I need to um, receive empathy and I need just some time to um, go, go deeper in my prayers and my meditations and get, out, get outside and uh, enjoy a uh, walk around the lake or go, go into the beach. And, and so set some boundaries and we did those things, you know, and, and feel totally different now and rejuvenated and, and you know, back on track. And I don't, I don't feel resentful. I don't feel angry anymore. Yeah, that's a really helpful example, honey, because we all have these triggers. And I, I just... In case our listeners think that it was easy for you, <laughs> I want to I wanna go a little back to this and say that, well, no, the anger kept surfacing. You kept experiencing temptation. Like you found yourself tempted to write a, a, an email confronting this person who hurt you. Um, and there was anger in you that was wanting to do that, right? That was wanting to push towards a, some sense of justice or some sense of... Um, you weren't befriending your anger in that, right? Well, yeah, there's a judge in me that came out. And so I, I don't want to, befriending my anger doesn't mean let it loose, mm-hmm. you know, or, or um, come against somebody else. It, it means really pay attention important. to the emotion and uh, the need. Because if, if I just deny that resentment and say, oh, I shouldn't feel that way, you know. He he didn't mean anything by it, um, and just discount what I'm feeling. That I don't I don't get to what I'm why I'm angry because that was really just a trigger. What happened in that relationship was just a trigger, and so it's really the whole package here of what I just shared that was leading to this sense of being burdened and tired and resentful. And so it's the the entire uh, evaluation of my my schedule and uh, my, my personality and how I'm taking care of myself and then to, to adjust and to set some limits and to make some space. Yeah. And there again, I think that's really helpful because what we can tend to do is think that it's about the trigger event and, and get too much directed and are reacting to that anger or reacting out of that anger and instead of doing what you did where you, you took a step back to get in touch with what is this anger telling me about myself? And the other thing anger does when I befriend my anger is it alerts me to areas where I need to forgive. And in mm-hmm. this case, 
you you have some forgiveness to do because yeah. even though this man didn't mean to hurt you and doesn't even know he hurt you, he it was very hurtful what he did. And I know that because I've seen all that you've done and I know the consequence of this and I know the message that came through what he did um, to you. And so there's forgiveness work to be done. And I know if I think about situations that I'm angry at right now, people I'm angry at, I... I'm befriending my emotion when I look at that and I let myself feel the emotion, but instead of going and trying to get vengeance or justice or communicate to them how they're hurting me, uh, it's it's an opportunity for me to befriend my emotions, to receive empathy, and to work forgiveness. And in these cases, I don't think reconciliation around these small little incidents is, are really the resolve that's important or needed because... Yeah, the, the, the other person doesn't even realize the offense, and it's not the kind of thing where um, it's important that they be confronted and that it be worked through because it's not it's not likely to change or be able to change. Well, because in this case, the, the very hurtful part is more about me. It's more about how much I've given and the background of what's been going on uh, in the week and and so forth. And so it's really more about my need for, for empathy and understanding the emotions that I'm having. And it's a general rule of thumb that uh, when you're really angry at somebody, before you uh, might speak the truth and love to them about it, is understand your emotion and uh, seek some empathy from the Lord or from a safe person. Uh, or, or if you're in an intimate relationship, uh, close friendship with this person, maybe you, uh, you um, if you can do it without reacting to your anger, you invite that person to understand your emotions. Well, I felt angry because, and then you you open up the the vulnerability, the the hurt, the need that you have, uh, and invite that person to understand you. And so, in that case, there would be uh, a possibility of some reconciliation and, and improving of the relationship. Well, that that's good because that's what you and I do with each other when we hurt each other. If this straw that broke the camel's back had happened by one one of us putting it on the other, we would talk through that and we would work work for reconciliation and understanding so that we don't do it again, so that we don't hurt and offend and trigger the other person again. Right. And you want to do the same thing with a close friend or workmate or, or, or partner where there's an issue. This wasn't in that category. And so by receiving empathy and uh, working through the forgiveness process and uh, and then praying prayers of blessing for this person and, and in the, the situation that it relates to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay with it. Well, we're going to go deeper into befriending our emotions, this topic on this series, but we're going to go even deeper and more thorough and offer some guided experiences as well as Bible teaching and packing on befriending your emotions at a conference that we're going to be speaking at September 15th and 16th up in the Seattle area, Everett, Washington. And we would love to have you, our listeners, come and join us. We'd love to be with you in person there. And so it's uh, this is sponsored by the Awakening Prayer Institute, and it'll be hosted at Bethel Baptist Church in Everett, Washington, once again, September 15th and 16th, 2018. So we hope you'll come because our emotions are such a central part of our life. And I think we can tend to diminish them, but we need to realize they're a powerful source of knowledge and they're a... They're key to our relationships, our relational connection and connectivity. And our emotions are a source of power in our life that we want to use for good. And so that's why we're 
talking about befriending our emotions and then um, also just because we can't enjoy life if we don't really pay attention to our emotions and, and learn to be emotionally healthy and care for our emotions. So we will be continuing with this series here, but we also hope you'll plan to join us up in Washington. Lord God, we just thank you for each of our friends and our soul shepherding community who are listening to us now. And uh, God, we just thank you that you are the friend of our emotions, that you created us as emotional beings, and you have empathy, compassion, and grace for us in our experiences and our struggles uh, and our needs in life. And just pray, God, that you would help uh, each of us, Lord, with uh, admitting to what we feel and what's important to us and finding safe people and honest ways of praying that we could really increasingly tap into your presence that, that ministers peace and contentment. And uh, Lord, that you would help us find the language of emotions and help us with our boundary setting. And uh, so thank you, God, for each of our friends listening and pray that this, this uh, Soul Talks would be a great blessing to them and their friends and their relationships. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We'd enjoy meeting you. It'd be great if you could come to our Soul Shepherding Institute or one of our other events. You could also have us come speak to your church or community. Soul Talks is a ministry of Soul Shepherding and is provided by our donors. You can help us reach more people by sharing this podcast with your friends. 